Hello and welcome to the Surviving a Thriving podcast series. I'm your host, Casey Miller. So the purpose of this podcast is to provide you with the knowledge that you need to become the CEO of your health and become the best version of yourself. I really truly believe this. The top three things that you would ever invest in in your life are going to be your health, who you surround yourself with, and acquiring more knowledge. If you continuously pour into these three cups, I promise you, your life will change dramatically for the better. Now, luckily, this podcast will pour into your health and knowledge, but if you want to surround yourself with like-minded people who will push you to win, go ahead and join our Surviving a Thriving community. We'd love to have you. The link is going to be below in the description. Before we get into our episode, I want to take a quick second to thank our sponsor, Legion Athletics. I've been in the game for a long time, and it's really hard to find supplements that you can trust while also tasting great. I believe Legion is a perfect mixture of the two. They're backed by science. Everything is clearly labeled on the bottle. And from my own personal experience... Everything does really do taste really great. So if you want to get your own Legion supplements, use the code THRIVINGON, one word, to get 20% off your first order and double reward points. Now, without further ado, let's get into the episode. And welcome back to another podcast. Today, I'm really excited to have this special guest. His name is Andrew Gerritsen. Um, One of the reasons why this guy right here in front of me is so important to thriving on and myself is because one of the main reasons why I got into nutrition coaching is when I first started, there wasn't a lot of really great coaches out there. I think especially thanks to Andrew and a lot of people at NCI, if you're not familiar with that, in my opinion, one of the best certifications out there that you can get when it comes to nutrition coaching. Um, There's a lot more really great coaches, but there's still not enough. And so Andrew is one of the very few people that I see around that does it right. And one of the reasons why I started at NCI and continue to keep getting certifications, some of the best growth I have ever had in terms of education, but also like as a person, as a coach was actually through the courses and teachings from Andrew. And over a period of time, um, we have gotten closer, become friends. He's been a mentor of mine, asked a lot of questions. He's, He's only helped me like become 10 times better as a coach. So I'm very excited to have him today. Um, We're gonna have some really great conversations. Beware, Uh, for those of you that know me, I go down rabbit holes. Andrew's even worse than I am. So this might be all around, but I promise you it's gonna be some really great information. Um, And I'm really excited about this. So Andrew, um, I'm gonna let you do the honors. Can you, for those who don't know who you are, can you introduce yourself a little bit so that way you get, uh, get to know you? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, first, thank you so much for having me. It's always such a treat and a pleasure to get to interact with, uh, you know, our coaching community and get to participate in helping them, uh, you know, continue to grow and scale and, and deliver significant impact to their communities. And just want to take a second and acknowledge you for the leader that you are, um, because despite just having your own growth, you're also contributing that to the growth of your own coaches and having them involved in continuing their education. Um, you know, I, I can't count the number of times that I've had some of your coaches, uh, going through our continuing education platform and then posting it on Instagram and tagging us in certain things. And so, uh, you know, just phenomenal job to you over there at thriving on, uh, just for being a beacon of, of growth development and progress for both your coaches and your, the community that you get to serve. So, um, so thank you, thank you. I guess a little bit about myself, uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name's Andrew Gerritsen. 
Uh, I am the guy that runs the show over at the Nutritional Coaching Institute's education team. Um, I also run a company called Training Snobs where we do um, a lot of consulting from a physiological perspective for high performers and a lot of diagnostics and, and lab testing and kind of just helping people figure out uh, where they should be focusing for their own health journey. Um, but as it relates to my own professional growth, it's it's been quite the journey, I will say. Um, you know, originally I was born in Korea. I came to America and it sounds a little trite, but uh, being a foreign kid in a different country was a strong, strong, strong impetus for me to want to uh, kind of set myself apart, right? So trying to blend in, uh, one of the ways that I was able to fit in was by being a, a high performer and kind of forcing myself in with certain social groups as I was coming up. So it's a very crucial component of my identity to uh, be, uh, I guess, a top performer in just about anything I do to the point where it's almost crippling in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, when we talk about uh, education and obviously working full time and pursuing a PhD, these things aren't really consistent with having the strongest relationships from an interpersonal perspective. So, you know, that's some of the the uh, line that I walk as I've as I've grown as a professional. But I have my bachelor's in health and physical education. Uh, didn't want to be a PE teacher, and I thought, what greater pickup line would there be at a bar if I just walk up to uh, you know a young lady and was like, "Hey, I have a mass. I'm a master of human performance," which is what my master's degree was in. Uh, it didn't quite take like I thought it would. So here I am, student loans <laughs> later, uh, having learned that lesson. But you know, I, I've done well over. I don't know, I want to say like 70 different certification courses. Uh, I've written probably over 25 at this point. Um, and there's nothing that really is more fulfilling to me than getting to watch coaches evolve and avoid a lot of the pitfalls that I made as a younger person that was very enthusiastic and very tied to my physicality. So all that to say, um, I am a hodgepodge of mistakes, a lack of mentorship, um, and really just a weird educational journey that I'm super excited to get to share and kind of talk through here as we get through this podcast today. So again, thank you so much for having me on, Casey. Of course. By the way, guys, um, I know, I'm not sure if you are aware of this. Two things. One, we joke that you're the encyclopedia. Obviously, if you heard <laughs> all of his credentials and 70 plus certifications already, I think you guys would agree. Um, and also another fun fact. Um so like I said before, NCI is the certification that thriving on we like, I, I will honestly won't consider a coach unless they have at least taken the level one, but it's understood that you will go through all of the certifications and will help develop your growth as a coach if you do join on. And so there were a, a lot of times our coaches came to you for questions and over a course of a period of time, um, coaches would come to me for questions on how to handle certain situations. And a lot of times I think it's funny. A lot of times I would be like, what would, what would you think Andrew would say right now? What would Andrew oh, do? Man. And they're <laughs> like, oh, okay, I'm going to go do that. So like we always use a what would Andrew do? So oh, yeah, man. very That's excited terrifying. to have you chat. So, okay. So basically, no, it's um, no, it's not. All over. This is <laughs> but, what Andrew um, would do all over the place. Okay. In terms of rabbit holes, yes. So if you guys mm. aren't familiar with rabbit holes, um, many of times we have been on certifications with Andrew where he starts talking about his topic and then something pops up and then he goes down a rabbit <laughs> hole for like about 15, 20 minutes. Um, but every single time it's actually really dope information. Again, he's pretty much an encyclopedia. 
And he's really good at making things fun. You are, you really Thank are. You. I love taking your uh, certifications. It's like the mindset one, by far one of my favorite ones. Like after I got done oh, with wow. that, I was like, everybody needs to take this like right <laughs> now. So a lot of my coaches are going through that. So it's a huge I love game changer. It. I but Thank okay, you. so Andrew, you're basically yep. the coaches of coaches, right? You've been in the industry longer than I have. You've seen a ton and you've been through a lot of different certifications. And so I, my question to you is like, what do you think is, in your opinion, some of the biggest problems within the, the coaching industry today? Mm. Wow, that's, that's such a loaded question. Um, and it, it's one that mm -hmm. I think really warrants discussion because the access to information that we have in contemporary, especially considering as AI becomes more relevant um, from an automation and efficiencies perspective, mm -hmm. I think that a lot of coaches, uh, I love this analogy. Let me, let me back up for a second. So as a young CrossFit coach, <laughs> you would always kind of look around and the only coaching development you really had access to were other CrossFit coaches. Cause this was pre-social media, right? So we didn't have Instagram and shit, but we would, uh, we would watch the other coaches and there was a running joke at the time of how do you coach more effectively as a CrossFit coach? <clears throat> and the saying was that if they didn't do the thing that you wanted them to do as a coach or take the cue or add the correction, you would just say it again, but louder. And you would continue to say it louder and louder and louder. <laughs> well, and eventually you're screaming the cue like knees out, knees out. And the person's like doing a split as they're trying to squat 400 pounds on their back. And somehow they survive <laughs> you as a coach. But, you know, I, I think that um, to, to say that people that are listening to the cue, to the, the cue that, and the coaching that's being given to someone else with a specific problem that that coach is trying to solve that for that other athlete, I think a lot of people will overhear the cue and think it automatically applies to them, which really underlines this mm -hmm. very, very prominent issue of a lack of context. So the thing that's really cool about social media, if you ever pay attention, is that you're getting to see all these cool things that are happening in other people's lives. It's really the highlight reel. And without the context of the highs uh, in contrast to the lows, I think a lot of coaches will start to take all these little tidbits of information without having a clear system on where that might be appropriate and when it might be inappropriate. Mm -hmm. So really ultimately the dichotomy of when is something relevant, when is it not relevant, I think comes from coaches having the issue of a poor coaching context, potentially from a lack of education, potentially from a lack of experience. Um, usually it's, it's a synergy of the two. And so those are the things we find really contribute to poor coaching outcomes and ultimately, um, you know, the short time that people will spend as a coach because the online coach will be an online coach for about 10 and a half months, it seems. So people tend to get frustrated without having that guidance and that feedback loop of having someone such as yourself, uh, you know, as a mentor, as, as, a, as a team leader to ultimately guide and kind of course correct their, their decisions and their context. So all that to say, a lack of context is probably the biggest, uh, biggest problem that I see in coaching um, these days. Yeah. So if you, uh, for those that are listening, whether you are somebody that's aspiring to be a coach or you are a coach today and you feel like you are struggling with this lack of context, what would you suggest to them to help them take the next step to solve that? Mm. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I think a lot of people really shit on, on contemporary education systems. And I will say that since the industrial revolution, we really haven't kept up to date how we teach people inside of schools, but 
there is one really great thing that schools do teach, and that's the idea of how to learn and how to create this system of acquiring information. The thing that they need to do is just lateralize and apply that information. And so I think that for people that are new to coaching or considering it or maybe really enthusiastic for their own development, I think finding someone more than even any certification, more than any book, finding someone that is potentially not so far ahead um, that they can't relate to your sort of your current set of circumstances, but someone that's maybe a couple years ahead, maybe a couple steps ahead, finding that person, asking them to mentor you. Uh, a, it'll be cheaper than finding the guy that's been doing it for 20 plus years. But B, again, they'll really have a, a stronger relatability factor um, and being able to specifically, tactically, hey, this is a step-by-step -step thing that I did. I think this might help you. Um, and their ability to articulate that is really what I think helps people navigate significantly more quickly. I mean, we're talking about a seven or eight times uh, the growth factor for people that have a mentor versus taking an online course where it's just, you know, something that it's, it's, uh, it's like an online recording of someone else talking. So um, our cohorts mm -hmm. do a great job of that. And that's one of the reasons why we actually have the live teachings because it's, it's just such a different type of enrichment where they get paired with an, an older type of coach um, that helps guide them along with their learning. So yeah, things that we found. A hundred percent. And just speaking from personal experience, uh, I've taken a lot of courses too, and obviously I'm going to keep continuing that, but it's night and day difference when you do have somebody that you can actually talk to. It's mm -hmm. one thing to actually have the information. And this is uh, how I was when I, I got certain certifications. I was like, I have all this information, but like, how do I <laughs> apply it to my clients? And not only that, but also how do I communicate it to them effectively? You know, yes, it's like, yes. um, Going back to CrossFit, like it's a running joke for brand new CrossFit coaches or nutrition coaches. Anytime there's a newbie coach, we get all this information and we just basic, <laughs> basically puke it onto our clients. And the clients are like, well, like trying to like get out of the way because it's just too much. And they're like, ah, like I don't understand everything. <laughs> and it's not necessarily because we're bad coaches. It's just we get excited about it, but we don't know yeah. necessarily how to apply it. Um and this is a really good point that I, I truly believe is that coaches should always have coaches too. I think oh, it's um, a common mindset. Yeah, I think it's a common mindset for people that if I'm a coach, that means I shouldn't have to have a coach, right? That means maybe I don't know what to do or maybe it's a little bit of ego. Um, but in my personal perspective, like I have a ton of mentors in my corner. I'm not afraid to say this. There's zero ego. I would not be able to get where I'm at today all by myself. I tried doing that for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. And when I was a coach and I tried to do it all by myself, I wish I literally could give my money back to my clients because it was just horrible. It wasn't until I started getting mentors that it was a night and day difference. So for those of you listening, I'm not just saying it. Andrew's saying it too. Go get a Agreed. coach, go get a mentor. Absolutely. So my, my next question to you is in terms of that connection and being able to translate, do you think that's another huge issue within the coaching industry? Like all of these coaches are getting certifications or reading books and things like that. But in my personal perspective, there's a disconnect between the information and actually working with the person, being able to communicate with them. Do you think that's a problem as well? Yeah, I mean, I think kind of reflecting on what the increases post COVID here, uh, you know, as we have this conversation and at the end of 2023, 
<clears throat> we found that uh, the rates of obesity have increased. We found that the uh, rates of depression have increased. And we also find that the uh, rates of self-reported loneliness have, uh, I think it's nine, uh, increased 9x. And so when we talk about what does it mean to be an, uh, an effective operator inside of a service-based industry is that you have to provide service. <clears throat> and that's really challenging to do, especially when we consider the nature of communication, which is a, it's such a crucial component of being an effective coach is being able to, to understand the context that your client is living in. Uh, we call this a client-centered approach. Understand what's going on in their life, their kids, their stress, their work, you know, and, and we can kind of overlay that on top of their behavioral stuff. But um, inside of communication, 55% of communication comes from body language. And that means that if you can't see the person, you're not going to be as effective in interpreting that context. And you're not actually as effective in that client-centered approach. And then you consider that 38%, so almost the entire majority of the remainder of communication comes from tonality and how we actually say the words. And only 7% of communication comes from the words that we actually choose. And so when you consider that in the nature of squeezing out and extracting as much profitability, have as much time freedom, which is a big draw for people to the online coaching space, is that they want their time back. And they also understand that there's a reality of they have to make more money. How do they have both? And rather than investing the time in getting more experience and getting more knowledge and having a better system, they kind of resort, and this is my experience of it, I don't have any necessarily any data to support that outside of like the 500-ish people that we've known do spreadsheet coaching. They often lose their clients within the first 90 days because they take the information, they do their weekly check-in, and they send something else back out that's, again, mostly just the written word. That's kind of what we would consider informational coaching. And those people are at the highest risk of getting replaced by AI because all they have to do is put the information in. What, you know? And so when we think about the competitive advantages that people have as a coach inside of this industry – it's going to be a, the ability to build meaningful relationships, to have and empower their clients to continue to do the work. Because at the end of the day, the work is the work. If you want to lose weight, you have to eat less than what you need to kind of subsist day to day. Well, the human aspect of the human animal that's sitting across from you is the thing that is the confounding factor. And it's arguably why history is never predictable until it's after the fact. And we're like, oh my gosh, who'd have thought? So all that to say, I think that we talk about a client-centered approach, um, the connection-based model is going to be the thing that helps insulate the coaching industry inside of 2023, 2024, and beyond, um, because I think AI is really going to struggle, at least for some years, to be able to replicate a, a human, um, individual-type experience, although it's getting pretty robust. So when we start seeing chat GPT 7, 8, I think that we may be in some trouble if we don't continue to learn and, and get really good at leveraging information in a rapid way instead of trying to amass and, and really just memorization is pretty much dead at this point. Um, having a good system and, and having that client-centered approach in a connection-based model, I think, is really the, the thing that's going to save a lot of coaches in the coaching industry. That's my TED Talk. 100%. Um <laughs> I had uh, somebody ask me about this, if I was uh, afraid of AI coming in. And I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. uh, 
Because it's the connection. It's what we mm-hmm. need. I think one, um, our clients are in, are struggling in the first place because of something mm-hmm. underlining. And I think one of the big ones for a lot of people is they're not able to see the changes because they're not talking to a human being, mm-hmm. somebody that knows how, what it feels like, somebody that can relate, somebody that can talk them off of ledges to hold them accountable to call them out on their shit when that things are happening. I think by far that's some of the most valuable parts of coaching mm-hmm. there is. And, and two is like, we live in the day and the age where we're the most spoiled we've ever been. There is information <laughs> at the touch of our fingertips, every single little thing that I know and you know, Andrew, literally mm-hmm. somebody can go and chat GTP and be able to look at it. Mm-hmm. And yet people are the most unhealthy they have ever been. Information is not the problem, mm-hmm. right? Applying it, connecting with the clients, helping them sort through why they're truly here. And Majority of the time, people are not struggling with their nutrition fitness just because they don't know the perfect macro breakdown, Mm -hmm. right? It's something bigger than that. And that's what a coach does. It comes in and and identifies that, fixes that, and and helps you go forward, Mm -hmm. right? So, and I loved how you brought up the fact that majority of communication actually happens through um, tonality, facial expression, body language. That's something that I always talk with my clients. It's like, if you're only emailing and texting somebody, you're only getting 7% of that coach. You think you're going to get a lifelong mm-hmm. change with that? And they're like, no. And I'm like, then now you understand why you kept getting unsustainable results or you felt like you weren't getting what you needed from a coach, mm-hmm. right? And that's why we always, as coaches at Thriving On, talk to our clients. Because if we're truly going to yeah. make the impact that we want, we've got to be able to communicate. We've got to be able to connect. So I think... Another big thing that I really admire about you, Andrew, is not only are you really knowledgeable in terms of the information that we need in order to create the changes that we want through nutrition fitness, but you're also really phenomenal at teaching other coaches how to communicate, like phenomenal at it. I would argue that's by far one of the most important skills that you need to have that not a lot of coaches have as well. It's just being able to connect and communicate. Um, (laughs) <laughs> is that something that you oh, yeah. see on your end too? Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> when you think about how we navigate, there's the only thing that we can do. Uh, no man is an island or woman or person. And so when we think about that, we we rely on other people. Uh, and there's actually a really interesting statistic first rabbit hole here um, in that as people actually amass wealth and become more self-sufficient, they tend to actually have a higher susceptibility to increased depression uh, and loneliness because now they can hire out and they don't have to necessarily have that community feel of having help raising their kids or, you know, having grandma come over. They can just like hire a nanny. And obviously now it becomes a little more transactional. But when we talk about the nature and the quality of relationships is purely dependent upon uh, the quality of your communication. And so, uh, you know, this this revolves around receiving and also delivering and having that um, understanding of the individual across from you, which requires some perspective taking skills, being able to put yourself in their shoes and also a certain degree of emotional intelligence mm-hmm. where what emotion are they feeling? What emotion am I feeling? Can I label that? What do I do with this? What is appropriate from a behavioral perspective? And ultimately I think the biggest thing that people lack is a consistent commitment where both individuals want the same thing and it allows them to, interactively tackle that issue together, knowing that they're trying to achieve a common goal. Whereas a lot of people tend to have different desires and that then creates the miscommunication or the friction points that we see generally erode a lot of those relationships. So, 
you know, I mean, you know, as a business owner, I'd be very curious <clears throat> to hear your perspective around how you actually nurture uh, the ability for your coaches to communicate. Because obviously, us being in education, we don't necessarily have the same access to coaches. So again, like, what would you say are some ways that you help your coaches nurture that communication with their clients? Yeah, so I think in terms of communication, <laughs> it's very subjective. There's no mm -hmm. A plus B equals C equation that you can put in there. It's very context driven. Yeah. So it's very hard to do it on a larger scale. But mm -hmm. luckily, we have a smaller staff. So I'm able to talk to coaches in person when they need it. Um, we have regular meetings where it's like, okay, cool. Um, what do we need to talk about? What, what do you, mm. where do you need support in? And so people are like, okay, in this situation, this is what's happening. And I don't know how to navigate it. And so we just go back and forth and we have a conversation. And sometimes I do give the answer, especially if they're novice. Sometimes I'm like, what do you think is the best answer? Like, what do you think is best? You're the one that's going to know the client most and just kind of leading them to those questions. Um, I'm in no way going to say that I'm a communication expert. I am more of the person that screwed up enough times over my <laughs> career that I figured out kind of what works and what doesn't work. And I help in that way. And then if there's somebody, mm -hmm. if it's something that I don't necessarily understand uh, how to do, then I just go to my mentors and I ask them how mm -hmm. they handle it. A lot of times it is going to be trial and error and trying some things. And like you said before, there's so many different ways to communicate. There's so many different ways to handle things and it's a hundred percent context driven. So sometimes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you try something and you learn and you move on. But, um, the thing that I'm really proud of with and thriving on is that there's no ego. I'm not the overhead person. Like I manage the business, but we work together as a team. And so we come together if there's big issues and we just talk through things. We give each other's perspective and we work together as a team to help with that. Um, mm -hmm. Because again, like each coach has different types of people that they work with. Like for example, mm -hmm. Toby, our director of coaching, he's very much like an analytical thinker. So we have a lot of people that are very analytical thinkers work with Toby. Um, he's very mm -hmm. much about spreadsheets, uh, mapping things out. So like oh, think people like engineers or people that love mm -hmm. numbers mm -hmm. or people that really love that structure work with them yeah. versus people that are more emotionally connected based. That's going to be either Christina. She's phenomenal at that being able to communicate and connect when people are looking for a little bit more of an emotional connection. Mm -hmm. And I'm more of like the tough love connection, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to tell you what's real. I'm always going to love you, but I'm going to tell you what's real. And so yeah. it's also bringing in people who have different perspectives in different search situations. I think that's where the magic happens. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. There's no one right way to do things a hundred percent. Absolutely. So. When I think that you bring up a great point when it comes to, making sure that there's uh, diversity inside of an organization. I think you've done a great job with allowing other people that may have differing perspectives to enter that. Now, I think that, you know, outside mm -hmm. of uh, certain political spheres, like it gets a little crazy sometimes where, um, you know, it, it's there's a little too much and that causes the identity of the organization to be a little derailed. Um, and so cultivating the appropriate mm -hmm individuals on your team, I think, uh, is a, a, a testament to the communication um, that you have and, and your ability to fuck around and find out, which is really just the scientific method in vivo <laughs> of what it means Sometimes to actually be a is, business owner. A lot of times it is fuck around, find out. A hundred percent. I mean, there's not a clear yeah. cut method and I love it's, that. Uh, but honestly, yeah. it sounds like I'm a little bit behind, but uh, I wanted to say, Andrew, one of the big reasons why I have been, I've improved my communication skills because 
by no means have I always been great at communication. I was definitely one of those people that hated communication. I hated confrontation. I hated emotions. Mm -hmm. And over the course of a couple of years, um, especially being surrounded by people like you, Andrew, um, I forced myself to put myself in a position. If I was truly going to make impact in people's lives like I wanted to, if I was going to build a business mm -hmm. that was really going to change people's lives and also create a place where other coaches that had the same mission that Thriving On has can thrive here and make a, a career out of it and be happy. I had to level up. I had to become a better communicator, not just towards our clients, but to our coaches. Now is a, a, essentially a coach to our coaches within Thriving On. And through a lot of the things um, that I've learned through you, it's helped me a lot. I, I want to talk about one thing that specifically really, really helped me. Mm -hmm. So one of the... Um, in the mindset course, you brought up um, a really great point that like hit me hard. It made me reflect a lot during that course. It was like going through, if you do not know how to sort through your own emotions and identify your own problems, you are going to throw your own biases and your per perspectives and your own, mm -hmm. I would say weaknesses as a coach onto your other clients. They will feel it. They will, they will do that. And I think in my perspective, that is one of the big holes within coaches is they don't realize that. Mm -hmm. our, our own struggles can be thrown on our own clients. For example, mm -hmm. when I first started as a coach, I <laughs> had some disordered patterns going on. I think it's pretty prevalent in the fitness industry that goes behind closed doors. Um, we smile and we have six pack abs, but behind closed doors, what, dr what is driving us is out of a place of hate. We are anxious. We're depressed. We are not healthy, but because we have six pack abs, people want to work with us. So we keep pushing. Mm -hmm. And I was pushing disordered eating patterns onto my clients because that's what I was doing. Instead of addressing my problems, even though I knew it was a problem, I kept running away from it because I was getting praised through it. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I know as I've grown in trial and error, I've, I've pushed past that pressure. I've gotten the courage to heal my hormones, made me gain 50 pounds. And it was really hard, but I stuck with it because I knew it was right. But we always have things that we have to get better at. And during that course, you... <laughs> It wasn't directly at me, but it felt like it. It was like talking about some real shit that I had to sort through. I was going through a huge mm -hmm. transitional part of my journey and mm -hmm. I was being pushed as a leader. Like this was the first time I had a huge team underneath me and I was being pushed and I was failing in a lot of areas. And during that course, you made me sit back and think about my own, my own issues and how I need to solve mm -hmm. it in order to be as effective as a coach. And that was a huge ground period where I'm still growing as a person that never stops. But like looking back from just, I think it was, it wasn't even a year ago. It was the beginning of this year when I took it until mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. it's like nine day difference <laughs> as a person. So I just wanted to mm -hmm. say thank you for that. That like, again, guys, if you haven't learned from Andrew, if you haven't taken any of the courses, please do so because not only will it make you a better coach, mm -hmm. but it'll also make you a significantly better person. I really do see that like when people actually really dive in to learn how to be extremely effective coach, they grow as a person too. So thank you, Andrew. Thank you a lot. You know, I really appreciate that. And I want to, you know, just acknowledge the fact that it's one thing to learn information. Uh, it's a different practice altogether to really look from a, from an experiential perspective and, and see how that applies to you. And I think that what you've just demonstrated is, is, Interestingly enough, probably the best tactical way to become a better coach is as you learn stuff, as you're going through it, as you're in the shit, to take a second, take a beat, and rather than skipping on and learning the next thing and acquiring and amassing more information, 
to look at again, where, where are you struggling as a coach and to really just not avoid it. So, I mean, hats off because that's, that's such a huge component that I think really separates a lot of people that are wildly successful. Um, although you'll find just as many that are just really unself-aware. I, I don't know. I haven't figured out and cracked the code yet, but, um, I think that from a sustainability perspective, knowing thyself is such a, such a crucial component. So as you've had that information, as you've gotten that overlaid and as you continue to evolve, um, really just amazing job with that Casey and, and your team is going to be, um, they probably already are, you know, substantially better off for you evolving as a leader, which is where a lot of those businesses will often fail. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's not easy for those of you that are trying. It's not easy, but it's a hundred percent worth it. It's hundred <laughs> percent worth it. Okay. So <sighs> growth is uncomfortable. Casey has to feel feelings. I was, I was saying this hate earlier. It's like, I don't hate like that. feeling feelings. I'll do it. Oh. I, I hate it though. Uh, but it's, it's really, really great. It's, it's what's necessary to become yes. a better person to grow. Um, especially as a coach, a hundred percent. Um, okay. So mm -hmm. my next question to you is, and <laughs> like, I want to take this in approach of basically telling what, what would you tell a very young coach today? They're starting off right now. They're hearing everything that we're talking about in terms of like, don't be a spreadsheet mm. coach. The connection is where it's going to keep you alive, especially when AI is coming in. And it's also where you're actually going to make the true impact that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Right. But a lot of coaches don't know where to start. That was me when I first started. I just knew that I wanted to make impact in people's lives. I just didn't know how to start. Mm -hmm. Right. So mm -hmm. What would you tell people if they were trying to, like, what are tactical ways that they can implement being a better coach, whether it's through connection mm. or like developing a business that is going to survive during the AI? Yeah, no, I think that that's, that's such a powerful question. Um, and again, it, it's usually the thing that knocks out a lot of people because much the same way, if you think about, um, learning how to snatch or you think about like a, a baby learning how to walk. There's a series of progressions that have to be in place for that person to be able to execute the higher level skill. And most people try to skip that base level work and to lay it all out there. I mean, the way that we construct our educational curriculum is very, very intentional. And that is because our level one is teaching people how to deliver a coaching service. It just happens to be nutritional information but you need to learn the art of coaching, right? And what that means is how do you know when to challenge someone? How do you know when to support them? Are you able to conduct a basic assessment to see where the problems exist? And just by doing that, if you see a problem, you focus on the problem, you help them solve that problem, and then you find the next problem. And we roll out this increasingly robust model that kind of evolves and culminates in our level two uh, after they've done about five other courses. But the level two, we propose this model called the care model. And it's just a bucket that we happen to create sequential, um, an iterative process, a process that continues to evolve. And you don't have to have all the answers, which I think a lot of coaches really hyper-focus on. I use the analogy of trying to pick out what you're going to wear today as you go out into the world based upon what the weather you think is going to be in seven years. Like, it's asinine. No one would ever do that. And so we propose the CARE model, C-A-R-E, to collect information, to analyze the information, to refine that into a plan and ultimately to support the execution of that plan. And if you collect, assess, or analyze, refine, and execute, collect, assess, refine, execute, problem after problem, identifying which one is the most important thing to solve, um, I, I think that that really takes people from a framework 
very far. Now, if you're a health coach, your scope of practice may be a little bit different, right? You may deal with some lifestyle behaviors. If you're a nutrition coach, you may interject nutritional behaviors into that framework. If you are a personal trainer, you may take a fitness assessment where you collect some information, you analyze an overhead squat test, you then refine, hey, this is what your periodized plan is going to be. You're going to work out three days a week, and then we're going to go to four days a week, and then we're going to blah, 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 blah. And then we're going to support you with that accountability factor that we know is a distinguishing factor from an AI perspective. But whatever the content is, can fit inside of that model. And it really gives people, do I need to get better at collecting information? Meaning, do you need to learn how to read labs? Do you need to learn how to do movement assessments? Do you need to learn Faber tests or uh, lifestyle assessments or some kind of depression scale or you know whatever, an anxiety scale? A lot of people actually um, tend to procrastinate. Um, do you need a communication assessment? You know, And then what's your process for looking at all that stuff? Do you have a a mentor that maybe you'll walk through the first couple of assessments. Uh, and then, you know, ultimately what's your, what's your plan as you're going through the R of refining that information into something that's actually actionable. Because if you see that someone's wildly depressed and you're a nutrition coach, well, is that something that you necessarily need to tackle? Not necessarily, but you want to keep that in the back of your head as you're going through this stuff. And maybe that might impact someone's ability to execute because if they don't feel very motivated, Maybe you need to be a lot more of a supportive type of coach instead of someone that's going to challenge that person and have them shut down. But I think that, again, um, collect, analyze, refine, execute. I think that that framework tends to carry coaches very far. Um, figure out which one of those as a coach you need to get better at season over season. You're not always going to need to work on accumulating more assessments. You're not always going to need to learn how to analyze those assessments or create a periodized plan in the refinement act. Sometimes you just need to learn how to actually get better at coaching movement if you're a personal trainer. And that means that maybe you need to go and take, you know, Gray Cook's course or whoever, whoever, like Kelly Sturette. Um, but I think being aware, going back to, you know, some of the things I was just acknowledging you for, Casey, and like as you stop delivering the service and you start providing service for service providers, like you start coaching coaches, now you have to evolve out of that skill set and acquire the leadership care model of now what do you need to collect now what do you need to analyze what do you need to refine what do you need to execute so that model again cross industrial different types of jobs seems to be the most relevant thing that i would tell a new coach is to figure out which one of those you want to start with and get really good at helping people solve problems one problem at a time and uh you know slowly probably every three to six months learn how to solve a new problem practice on that problem for three to six months and continuously going through that. You're not going to do everything overnight. You have to be patient and you have to stay focused. So that's probably what I would suggest. A hundred percent. I love that so much. Uh, the big takeaways that I got from this mm -hmm. is, is one, just learn how to coach. Um, and I wholeheartedly mm -hmm. agree. I mean, I tell this to our coaches all the time and I, and, it's like I will ride or die by this is that it doesn't matter how much information that the, a coach has. You can have mm -hmm. all the certifications, you can have all the PhDs or master's degree or degrees that you mm -hmm. want. Like if you don't know how to take that information, actually be able to coach somebody, connect with them, be able mm -hmm. to translate that to somebody so that they can understand it and actually apply it. And I would say also enjoy it as well. hundred percent. It's meaningless at that point, if your goal is to be a coach. So mm -hmm. we've, we've legit had people apply to work for us who have like 
master's degrees, PhDs, dietitians. But when we actually get into the point of communication, their communication mm. skills suck. And I'm like, I don't yeah. care if they can't communicate, they're worthless to me. I would take a coach that can communicate extremely well and loves what they do and is willing to connect with the clients that doesn't have a lot of certifications every day of the week over somebody who has all the certifications and degrees in the world, but does not know how to coach, uh, does not how to coach or isn't interested in connecting with people. Mm -hmm. It's I, you can Absolutely. teach people that information. That's not hard. It's the, yeah. it's the communication part. But then from there, yeah. It, yeah, it is really the hardest part. And it's it's always learning. It's always growing. But mm -hmm. but, but then from there, especially as a new coach, don't get overwhelmed. Like take it step by step. Don't get distracted about what other people are doing, especially if they're 20 steps mm -hmm. in front of you. It's one mm -hmm. really great way to completely stall your progress is by going into the comparison game. Just focus on mm -hmm. you, what you need to learn, get a mentor that can help you. And over a course of period of time, just like every other coach that you see, that you look up to, you're going to get there only if you keep putting your head down and doing, I love that care approach. I love it. I've heard it once before. And I was like, oh, that's gold. That's gold. So like <laughs> do the care approach just like Andrew did. And if I could give a personal suggestion, just sign up for NCI certifications. Like I swear, I've taken quite a few, not all of them, not like Andrew here, but I've taken quite a few. <laughs> and by far, from what I've experienced, it's the best out there, right? Especially for those that are looking to gain information, but also learn how to apply it and be surrounded by a lot of really dope coaches who coach coaches and know what it's like to be a struggling coach and what, it, what knows what it's like to actually coach clients that gets phenomenal results. So go get mentors. If it has to be Andrew, I highly suggest it because he is pretty <laughs> fucking dope. Um, Thanks. Might be slightly biased, might not be, but it was, it's, it's a long road. Keep your head down and keep going. Um, mistakes is part of the process too. <laughs> You're going to fuck up a lot. And this has happened. A lot. But um, a lot. from here, Andrew, mm -hmm. um, just to wrap it up, I want to give you the opportunity um, so if you were talking to struggling coaches today who uh, might be struggling to get started or mm -hmm. like a message that you want to leave them, if there's like one thing that you could tell coaches right now, what would that be? Mm. You know, it's funny. My, my dad uh, was a career service military man and has a very storied life. Uh, and every time he would always either like we would we would separate like we would either I would go off to school or I would go off on deployment or something um, or he was writing a birthday card he would always write this one thing and it's become very near and dear to me but I think that especially in today's climate of easy come easy go keep going keep going the difference between the repetitive behaviors of insanity and consistency is purely the expectation that people do the repetitive behaviors. If you want a different outcome and you keep doing the same thing, that's insanity. If you're doing the same thing, expecting that you are making progress, that is consistency. But both are doing repeated things. And so I guess to all wrap that up is just keep going. Beautiful. Simple. Yeah, 100% true. Yeah. Even when I struggle, there's times uh, I'm just like, if I just don't quit, the only time that you mm -hmm. ever lose is just don't quit. So just don't mm -hmm. quit. Keep going. 
All right. Yeah, well, thank yeah. you so much, Andrew, for joining us. And can you really fast tell people yep. how they can contact you if they have any questions or if they just want to sign up with you? Yeah, absolutely. So if uh, we do have an awesome internship program. So for those of you that are looking for a mentor, um, you know, we can put the the link in the show notes. Or if you DM me on uh, Instagram, my stuff is pretty okay. simple. It's literally Andrew.Garretson. I, I don't change that very often. Um, I might go through a couple wild hairs here, but uh, if you just DM me on Instagram or Facebook, I'm happy to uh, to give you some direction. If I can't help you solve your problems, I'll definitely redirect you in a, in a way that I know is going to be impactful. Um, but those would probably be the best ways for people to get in touch with me with anything and any support requests or any um, clarification that they need. Yeah, definitely. We'll we'll drop the links in the notes below. So. I'll, I'll share the link for them to get in contact for like an internship with you and also your Instagram and your Facebook. So that way they can contact you. All right, Andrew, thank you so much for joining as always a bunch of knowledge bombs. Appreciate you very much. (laughs) And thank you. Thanks, Casey.